0: Sports world, what is good? Chris Dell here from Go Baller FFS, sitting here with the godfather, Mr. Allen Dell, here to bring you our special NBA Sunday Swish and Dish podcast, talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers and Boston Celtics. Big game today on ABC, breaking down. Post trade reactions and commentary following the Cavaliers' blockbuster moves last week in the NBA leading up to the trade deadline. And without further ado, we had a slaughterhouse in the building in Boston on Paul Pierce Day, on the day my man Paul Pierce gets his jersey retired. Cavaliers come into Boston, completely destroy the Celtics. 121 for Cleveland, 99 for Boston. That's right, a 22 point road win for the Cleveland Cavaliers, seemingly struggling no more. Mr. Allendale, what say you? Are these new look Cleveland Cavaliers for real do they have what it takes to win a title this season
1: yeah i think this is a big day for the nba a lot of reason to feel good uh what we saw today and one game doesn't tell a lot but then it does tell a lot i saw a cavaliers team younger quicker more talented more passionate maybe which is maybe the most important thing a team that was together guys on a bench were cheering for each other and Kevin Love, dressed up in a jacket and a tie, while he sits out with a broken hand, was up there cheering. Uh, I like what I saw in Cleveland, and right now they're my favorite team to win the East. Uh, they just look great. Everything about them looked
0: tremendous. So he, even more than the surging hot Toronto Raptors, Absolutely. who are now in sole possession of first place. What would what, you like about the new guys, obviously, I, on I, the court just, watching I, them I, today? I,
1: well, let's talk with George Hill. Uh, he's the only one that started. He's got that... Uh, pedigree he's got a lot of experience 31 year old guy great defender 6'3 can guard any type of uh, backcourt man I I like him Uh, Rodney Hood great shooter he showed that today Larry Nance didn't have a lot of points but the guy showed his muscle aggressiveness around the hoop I think he's gonna be a, a big guy And, of course, Jordan Clarkson. He's going to get a lot of open shots that he didn't get with the Lakers. And his scoring, I mean, he scored, what, a lot of points and not a lot of minutes today.
0: Well, how about looking at George Hill and Rodney Hood? Rodney Hood potentially could be a starting shooting guard for that team in the near future if they decide to move J.R. Smith to the bench, as they have in the past. Rodney Hood, plus 14 with him on the court. George Hill, plus 17 with him on the court. Only guys that were better in the plus-minus category were LeBron James, plus 23, and Tristan Thompson. And plus 18 you look at the combined stats for the four new guys we talk about george hill point guard jordan clarkson and rodney hood shooting guards larry nance coming in as a big man power forward setter whatever you want to call him those four guys today combining for 49 points 13 rebounds five assists and four steals lebron james can get that on a good day himself but these are his these are his teammates these are hid the robins to his batman so to speak that he needs to step up in this major type of way and you mentioned kevin love coming back at some point in the near future from that injury once you add him to the mix and that offensive firepower it seems like these guys are young and lebron james said the word multiple times in the post-game interview they're hungry these guys are hungry. Some of these guys have never made the playoffs before. George Hill hasn't made the playoffs in a long time since he left Indiana. Rodney Hood just got his first taste, barely a playoff experience in the first round last year, being booted out of the first. So these guys are hungry. They're energized. They're motivated. These guys want to play defense. And I think that's the key between this Cavaliers team and the Cavaliers team of six, seven days ago.
1: And you, you didn't mention Sadie Osman. Sadie Osman. Sadie
0: Osman. Your boy. Yeah, I mean, tw- Mr. Turkey.
1: Six, eight. 215 pounds, he's only 22 years old. He may be coming into his own with this team. He's finally getting a chance. I like what I saw. I know he missed the dunk. That was a little embarrassing on a break, but he got the steal.
0: Kudos on the steal, though. 12 points, 5 rebounds today, coming off a career high in points just this past week when all the guys were gone from that trade and still new guys still waiting to pass physicals. This
1: is a guy never got a chance, uh, and he's getting one now. And this, This is a whole different Cavalier team. The most impressive thing today, probably, is who they beat. And where they beat Boston on their home court. Boston is supposed to be the favorite right now in a lot of people's minds to win the East. And they got just drilled. This reminds me of last year, uh, what the Cavs did to
0: Boston in the playoffs. Well, Boston's sitting in second place in the Eastern Conference. Now have lost back-to-back games. And they've definitely shown some struggles recently in these last few weeks or last few months, really, overall, when you look at the record and their schedule. But talk about Seti Osman. That's a big pickup for them, obviously. You know, a guy who was drafted first pick of the second round back in 2015 by Minnesota. This Cavs team and LeBron James, he's been on a lot of top-heavy teams in the past. Obviously him, Kyrie, Kevin Love and the rest of the gang in the past with the big three out in Miami. This could be the most balanced team from top to bottom on the roster that LeBron James has ever played with, and that's saying a lot because he's played on some pretty good teams. We'll we'd be right back, Sports World, with some more NBA Hoops Breakdown. So continuing our Cavs discussion here a little bit on Go Baller FFS. We appreciate your ear here, Sports World. We appreciate you tuning in and giving us your time and your attention. And just wanted to continue talking about LeBron's new look Cavalier squad. And you talk about all the new additions. You talk about the rookie from Turkey, Seti Osman, being a difference maker on the court. The youthful exuberance, so to speak, as we go into the thick of things, getting into All-Star Weekend, and then the most important 20-25 game stretch of the season. Most of these NBA teams have played close to 55 games now. So we're getting into the nitty-gritty of the NBA regular season when things really start to get intense and exciting for all of you hoops heads out there. And just looking at the standings now, Cavaliers, yeah, they're five and a half games out of the second seed. I don't think that matters whether the third seed, fourth seed whatever you want to want whatever they wind up getting at the end of the day but this is a team that i don't see any competition being in the eastern conference from the raptors or the celtics the Cavs have now won three games in a row since last week's lebron james buzzer beater against the timberwolves on tnt six and four in their last 10 i think that number is going to only go up from here on out yeah the raptors have won five in a row but the raptors are a regular season team and like i said I don't see them ever getting into the conference, even if the Boston Celtics and Cavaliers go down. I still think the Wizards are better than the Raptors. I still think the Milwaukee Bucks are better than the Raptors. Well, let's stick on the Cavs here for a second. And you look at the box score from this game and, you know, uh, you know, J.R. Smith stepped up 15 points, George Hill, 12 points, Rodney Hood, 15 points, Jordan Clarkson, 17 points. So their wings, the, the Cavaliers guard stepping up to help LeBron James when he needs it most and vintage LeBron James performance, 24 points, 10 assists, eight rebounds, nine of 20 from the field, two of five from three, LeBron James looking good when it counts and maybe could possibly get himself back into MVP Consideration if the Cavaliers start to go on a little winning streak here, and he could start challenging James Harden for that spot. What's your overall thoughts on this new look Cavs squad, Mr. Aladell?
1: Yeah, I said I liked everything about him. I liked the shooting, but uh, the ball movement, the energy, and, and number one is the defense. Defense was tremendous uh, today. It took uh, Boston out of everything it wanted to do, and that's what they, you know. That's their main thing. So. Uh, Everything came together. Watch out, NBA. It's got
0: new life. Well, what do you think about the Celtics? I mean, this is a team that we thought could be a potential team to challenge the Warriors or at least the favorites to get out of the Eastern Conference, but. You look at what if, if Kyrie Irving isn't dropping 30 points on the other team. I mean, he had 18 points today, 7 for 14 from the field. I mean, I guess they're trying to be a little well-balanced. Terry Rozier led the Celtics in scoring with 21 points there. It's only 6 to 15 shooting from the field. You know, Marquise Moore, uh, Marcus Morris had 17 points. Uh, I mean, th- this is a team where, you know, besides Kyrie Irving, what's really their identity? I mean, Brad Stevens know how to, knows how to coach the guys up and win some games, but I don't. I don't know if this team can really get that far in the playoffs after all.
1: Well, they had a rough time from three-point land, ten for thirty-eight, which is twenty-six point three percent. They're not going to shoot that bad unless the defense gets into them, and that and that was a key difference if you're looking at those kind of stats, because the uh, Cavs shot over fifty percent on three, sixteen for thirty. And...
0: Sloppy day for the Celtics, 14 turnovers overall. And like you mentioned, the three-point percentage, that's, that's definitely a good point there. Cavaliers were 16 for 30, over 50% for the Cavaliers on, on three-pointers today. And when you look at the standings, like I said again, look at the Eastern Conference standings. There's a, there are teams starting to make pushes now to get themselves more than a few games over 500. You got the Miami Heat. You got the Indiana Pacers, Milwaukee Bucks, Washington Wizards, even the Philadelphia 76ers have won three in a row 28 and 25. You got the Detroit Pistons still hanging out there in the ninth seed, so Eastern Conference, and a conference that I once called decrepit earlier this season, starting to look a little better. And I think that starts with the team at the top, the best team overall in the Eastern Conference, was the Cleveland Cavaliers. Any other teams you think could challenge the Cleveland Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference now?
1: Well, you got to go with either Boston or Toronto. I mean, that's really all there is. Today. Well, look after
0: today, Boston can't even you know keep it close on their home well, court in this game. Uh,
1: I like what I saw from Cleveland. I think it's a good sign, but let's not get too excited about one game. You just don't know. And maybe when the newness wears off, maybe the energy will go down a little. It's it's hard to say. Who who knows what what happens when Kevin Love comes back? He takes minutes away from people. Maybe some people won't like. That. Well,
0: they need that second scoring punch to LeBron, and I think Kevin Love could thrive in that role now that. Isaiah Thomas out of the picture, Kyrie Irving's out of the picture. They're more balanced from top to bottom, and now Kevin Love can be the second scoring option on that team, which I think is a role he could really thrive in instead of being the third wheel like he was last season and the seasons before with Kyrie. So, we're going to move on to breaking down Isaiah Thomas's LA Lakers return, buyout candidates in the NBA, now moving forward, we'll be right back here on Go Baller FFS what is good sports world back here on go baller ffs where two lifelong sports writers also father and son intensely debate the week's hottest sports news here with our swish and dish nba sunday podcast and moving on to the second part of the Cavaliers blockbuster moves. And what does that have to do now? Moving on to the Western Conference, Isaiah Thomas making his Los Angeles Lakers debut against the Dallas Mavericks, one of the worst teams record wise in the NBA this season. Isaiah Thomas resurgence, 20 plus points, looking like his old former self, what it, where he was with the Celtics and before that. But the Lakers still. Get a loss in that game against the Dallas Mavericks. What say you, Mr. Allen Dell? Is this a positive for it? Is this a negative? How does it affect his future and the Lakers' future now moving forward?
1: Yeah, well, it has to be a positive. He had 22 points, uh, six uh, six turnovers. Isn't that great? But he had six, six assists. Six assists. He shot four for eight on three, seven for twelve overall. So that's good. He did get abused a couple of times on defense he's just so small but the thing that has to concern you is, as the team shot 47 percent on threes 50 almost 55 percent overall and they still lost to one of the worst teams in the league Nowitzki went off for 22 and he was the perfect four for four and three points I have I, it's good to see Isaiah Thomas he, ch- he changes tune quickly remember when he said oh, I'm not here or his agent said oh, he's not coming off the bench well he came off the bench and I, he realized he needs to calm it down a little bit, especially his criticisms that he made in Cleveland. So he just said, oh, I'm just willing to do anything I can to help the team. I, I don't know. It's too early. One game won't tell.
0: Well, losing to a team that's 18-38 and 38 now on the season, and you're 20 games below 500 is the Dallas Mavericks. And as good as the game looked individually for Isaiah Thomas, I think that's the problem is that... He can look good individually, but is he actually affecting the team he plays for in terms of winning and losing basketball games? And if the Lakers, a team that's been hot as of late with a lot of young talent, I know Lonzo Ball wasn't there. And the fact that Isaiah Thomas can cut into the shots minutes and just overall impact of the game from all these young guys the lakers are trying to groom you talk about josh hart you talk about kyle kuzma out there brandon ingram's been playing the point very well since ball's been out i mean what does it say for these guys progression and their overall growth i thought the lakers were trying to grow a young team here now you bring in no offense but a five foot nine guy who can't play defense worth a lick how is this going to help the Lakers whatsoever going forward? This, this is a huge risk by Magic Do- Johnson taking on a, a a player like this. Yeah, you give up two guys to get off the cap to give you some more cap room, but overall, I think this is a very dangerous play for the Los Angeles Lakers, even in the last 20, 30 games of the season here.
1: Well, no, I, I think you're getting too uh, over. First of all, Isaiah, his contract is over this year, so they don't have to re-sign him. And if they want to re-sign him, they can only... They could just give him one year and they're not gonna give him a max deal. So it's it's no stress on the Lakers whatsoever, no pressure. You don't
0: think it's it's gonna stunt the growth potentially of these guys Who trying can, to lead okay, the team on their I, own? I mean that's the Lakers' future right there. Catavius
1: Caldwell Pope, he can sit down. He I have had time, he looks like he's out on the playground just jacking up shots. So I, you know, he's taller than Isaiah Thomas. So if he lo- when when Lonzo Ball comes back, if he comes back if Caldwell Pope loses minutes, I don't think that's a loss. So. Well, I'm talking
0: about Kyle Kuzma. I'm talking about Brandon yeah, Ingram.
1: I'm talking about the guard position. You got Josh Hart and Katavius and Lonzo if, when he comes back. And, and then you got Isaiah. So I'd I say Caldwell Pope is the guy that's going to lose minutes, and I don't see that as any big loss unless he's something defensively that we don't know about. I, I
0: like the six assists from Isaiah Thomas. He was looking for his teammates on certain occasions when you look at the highlights of that game, but – Towards the end, I mean, we we watched the last couple of minutes together, and you know he's trying to force shots, and he and he had a couple turnovers that basically led to the Lakers losing that game. Wow. And you can't beat a you know a Dallas Mavericks team on the road in your debut if you're going to make a, a statement in your debut. You better win a damn game if you're playing against a team wow. more than twenty games below five hundred. Here, come on. He, man. he
1: only took twelve shots. I mean, let's not get too harsh on him. Seven for twelve. I mean. They'll take that from him every night, and the four for four from the line, four for eight on three. So, I don't want to bash him too much.
0: Six turnovers. Yeah, you got got to cut that out. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And he had a big big turnover at the end. He drove in between three trees, and he had no place to go. He was in the air, and he said, "Well, I I didn't know where anybody was coming. I used to team. Well, you shouldn't have gotten in that position in the first place." But.
0: So Isaiah Thomas got his powers back, uh, according to himself uh, in in the post game interview. Do, do you see that happen, in Mr. Uh, Allen? Don't uh,
1: wait. No, it's too early to say he got anything back. He, <laughs> he can't, if he could get about five or six more inches, that would really help.
0: Yeah. Well, that's that's touche on that one. We'll see what his future is, whether it's with the Lakers or another team moving forward. We'll be back with another segment. on go baller. Welcome back, sports world, to Go Baller FFS. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the mad journalist, sitting here next to the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell, where two lifelong sports writers, also father and son, intensely debate the week's hottest sports news, talking about a little bit of clash of generations here, then and now we had... The infamous Boston Celtics retiring the jersey of Paul Pierce today, a.k.a. the truth. Personally, Paul Pierce, my favorite basketball player of all time, coming from a younger, more youthful perspective than yourself, Mr. Allen Dell, I was born in 1988 here, so approaching year 30 of this good old thing called life. But I want to take that in perspective because we're talking about generations of Celtics players and teams over the years. And I know this is still one of the most winningest franchises in NBA history, but not as the last couple decades. A lot of that happened before I was born and more in your time. Mr. Allen Dell, the godfather over here. Do you buy... Mr. Robert Parrish's comments that Paul Pierce is the greatest offensive Celtic player of all time. What say you, Godfather?
1: Uh, Absolutely not. I I don't know what Parrish was thinking about, especially he won three titles with uh, Larry Larry Bird is the greatest offensive player that ever played with the Boston Celtics. But if you're going to go by numbers, the the all-time career scoring leader for the Boston Celtics is John Havlicek. He's got... 26,395 points. Pierce is second with 24,000 in change and Larry Bird is third. So I I don't know where uh, Robert Parrish got his stats. He's entitled to his opinion and and Paul Pierce is a great player but to say he's the greatest offensive threat. That's like saying uh, somebody else is the greatest rebounder in uh, in Boston history and forgetting about Bill Russell who averaged 22.5 rebounds a game. And by the way, the second... Celtics and rebounds as Dave counts at 14.0. So that shows you how dominant uh, Bill Russell was on the boards. But, no, Pavelchek uh, was great. Just awesome. But he didn't have that maybe super... Fancyism, whatever you want to call it. They didn't use the word athleticism back in those days, but but he
0: could play. Well, how about between 1970 and 1972? Those two seasons, Havlicek averaged 28.9 points a game and 27.5 points per game respectively. I didn't know that about him. Personally, you always hear Havlicek stole the ball, Havlicek stole the ball, so he has that key moment in his Boston playoff career helping win championships, but I didn't know that guy was such a scoring machine and obviously Larry Bird could be a little bit higher on the all-time scoring list for the Celtics, if he would have played more, but a lot of injuries towards the end of his career. Absolutely. So, you know, interesting that those two guys, they played their entire careers with the Boston Celtics, whereas Paul Pierce, you know, left about five years ago, wound up playing uh, what, you know, one season or two seasons with Brooklyn, a season with the Wizards, two final years with the Clippers. So brings down his all, you know, career scoring average, Paul Pierce, 19 years in the league, 19.7 points per game uh, overall for his career. But you look at from his third, or really second season, he averaged 19 and a half. But from season three. For about the next six or seven years, he was averaging easily over 20 points a game. Paul Pierce, man, he, he's the type of guy that didn't have the athleticism, wasn't, wasn't a, a, a top athletic guy in the league, but could get to the basket and score at will. And, and not to mention his clutch genes of always being, being there to draw a foul in the waning minutes or, or to, to hit a cl- clutch shot in the waning minutes uh. or seconds there. So all credit to my boy Paul Pierce getting his jersey retired. He deserves that. But I hesitate to say he's the greatest offensive Celtic player of all time because of the guys you just brought up yourself.
1: Hey, here's a stat that will knock your socks off. Celtics career points per game leader, you won't believe it, but it's Isaiah Thomas, 24.7. Larry Bird Bird is second, 24.3, and Paul Pierce is third, 21.8. So much for that Isaiah
0: Thomas tribute, huh?
1: uh, Yeah, he wasn't with the Celtics very long, and Havlicek was fourth, but Havlicek really wasn't. A guy that looked for a lot of points, especially in early in his career when he had so many talented people that were playing with him.
0: So could Kyrie Irving get on that list at some point, huh? New generation Celtic uh, right yeah, there. yeah, it
1: depends how long he's going to be with them, how it goes, injuries and all that kind of stuff. So
0: what, what's, what's your greatest memory? Obviously, Havlicek stole the ball, but between Havlicek and Bird, what do you remember most about those Celtics legends? Well,
1: Havlicek played on a real talented team. He, he could do anything. He could play the, play the two, the three, the four. Uh, and Larry Bird, we know what Larry Bird is do. Maybe the greatest shooter of all time, uh, arguably. How about Bob
0: Cousy? Throw him in, him yeah, in there. Huh? Greatest think. offensive Celtics of all yeah, time. Yeah,
1: well, Bob Cousy had a one-handed shot. He didn't have a jump shot back in those days. He averaged 18.5 for his career. Uh, uh, great assist, man. Absolutely fantastic.
0: You heard it here first, Sports World. Larry Bird, the greatest offensive Celtic of all time. We'll be right back. So before we move on to this next segment here on our NBA Swish and Dish Sunday podcast here on Go Baller FFS, obviously talking about the greatest Celtics players of all time, but the greatest Celtic of all time, period, both sides of the ball, both sides of the floor, Mr. Bill Russell, a.k.a. Mr. Championship, well, Mr. Dell. Any disputes there? Who, who's your all-time Celtics top five? And You got you got Bill Russell. We talked about Bird and Havlicek. You throwing Kuzian? Does Pierce make your top five well, Celtics I, of all time?
1: I gotta put Russell. I gotta put Check. I gotta put Bird. I'll, maybe I'll put Pierce in there at
0: fourth. You throw Pierce on the wing out there, huh? You, yeah. you got a point guard.
1: I uh, well,
0: about Bob Cousy. Uh, you, you were talking about an interesting stat. They're the greatest Celtics assists of all time in terms of average per game. Is Mr. Ron- Rajon Rondo, huh? Cousy's number one all time in total
1: assists, and Rajon Rondo is number one in assists per
0: game. When you look at the greatest teams of all time, it- does it go to the Celtics? Does it go to the Lakers? Who, who, well, who Celtics, are some of the best teams you see?
1: Celtics have won more NBA titles than any team. So, and Celtics, you know, Lakers are right up there. So, so those two franchises are way ahead of everybody else. So.
0: All right, so you, so you got Pierce at least fitting into the top five there there in Boston. The the, the Godfather's greatest five Celtics of all time, Mr. Bob Cousy. And,
1: and I don't want to forget. There's guys like Sam Jones, great player. He played the two guard. He, a, absolutely fantastic shooter. His career wasn't that long. He he was up there. Yeah. Dave, you, met, you
0: mentioned Dave Cowens, right?
1: Dave Callens, yeah, Cowens, yeah, small guy from Florida State. He, he could play. There's a lot of great Celtics.
0: What do you remember about those battles between the Celtics and the Lakers during, during, those, never, during those years?
1: Yeah, the Celtics. It, it, it was well when Wilt went against Russell. That was, that was the greatest rivalry of all time. It's too bad you young guys never saw it. I mean, it was just an unbelievable battle. They played about 18 times a year, you know, especially when they went to the playoffs. So. All this myth that Will never played against tall people, all those people that are saying that, go back and read your history books. Go go look at the videos. Uh, he played, him and Russell were at it. That, that's the greatest center duel in the history of the NBA, Bill Russell versus Will Chamberlain.
0: If only if you could combine those two together, you might have the greatest athlete of all time right there, yeah, offense yeah, and defense. Chamberlain huh? was
1: a great athlete. He could bench press 500 pounds. He could run the floor. He was a track star in college, a high jumper. He even played guard in high school. Can you, can you believe that? So... That's before he really shot up. Totally. That's
0: that's crazy. I remember you. I remember you telling me that you know a while a while back. But I mean, top five NBA players. Now, now that we're on this subject, sitting here reminiscing with the Godfather, Mr. Allen Dell. You've seen decades of, of great hoops on and off the floor. You've been to Knicks games back in the old Garden back in the day. Top five NBA players of all time as we get in these last few minutes here in our segment. Who, well, who, and you, I know you got Wilt on there, right? You have to Wilt, have Wilt. Wilt's huh?
1: my number one center. Yeah, he's my center.
0: Who, who are you filling out the rest of that roster with, man? He you putting, got on there? I'm putting, putting you on the spot here. Unscripted, Mr. Allen Dell.
1: Well, in the backcourt, I got to go with the big O, Oscar Robertson. Uh,
0: okay, touche there.
1: Boy, it's tough. Uh, point guard? I mean, Oscar's my point guard, and okay. Jerry West is my two, my shooting guard. I okay, th-
0: so you got you got three spots already filled out. You got Will, you got Jerry West, you got Oscar Robinson. Who, who's the who are the other two you're throwing in there? You putting LeBron in there? Uh, oh, putting well, Bird? Putting Jordan? I, Kobe? Got, I, I got Dr. J and on one of the. Woo! Weeks. Okay, we got one spot left, man. I'll one one le- sweat. I'll
1: give it to LeBron. Not
0: Jordan. No, Michael oh, Jordan. I, oh, I
1: forgot. Excuse me. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta take Jerry West off. with you I, I, <laughs>
0: Okay. Yeah. No. I so gotta, Jerry West is your six man then.
1: Yeah, I got. I got. Of course, Jordan's at two. Big O's at one. The wings, you got LeBron, Dr. J, and center is will. Did I miss somebody? Okay.
0: So, so you're not. Let's see. You're not putting Larry Bird on there then, huh? <sighs> Well, Larry Bird would have to either go in over I, LeBron or, or, or
1: I, I would put Larry Bird over Dr. J. I'd have to
0: do that. Okay. All right. Interesting. Well, you
1: talking about greatness over. Oh, see
0: you got you got Doctor J and Jerry West coming off the bench. That's yeah. not it's not a bad guy's to come in for that second unit right there. So we got the big O number at, at, at the point guard right there. We got Michael Jordan at the two. You say you got Larry Bird at the three, LeBron with the small unit playing the four, can run the floor there, and then Wilt at the five? Not going to lie, that's a pretty damn good team right there. What about Bill Russell? Is he coming off the bench so, today?
1: Yeah, he's back up to Wilt.
0: Okay, so that's Jerry West, Dr. J, and Bill Russell coming off the bench. Any, any other two guys? You throwing Kobe in that top ten you got there? Uh,
1: I'm not sure, but i got to really think about that
0: one. We might have, we have to do a follow-up segment on this, Mr. Allendale. New school versus old school. Dream teams right there. Call in Sports World. If you're listening here on Anchor, let us know who are your greatest NBA players of all time in the history of hoops. You only get five. Welcome back, sports world, to Go Baller FFS and our Sunday Swish and Dish NBA podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dell. Sitting next to the Godfather, my co-host, Mr. Allen Dell. And moving on to Mr. Allen Dell's squad, a.k.a. the Madison Square Garden's finest, but not so much these days. The New York Knicks and our weekly State of the Knicks segment with the Godfather, Mr. Allen Dell. My condolences to the unicorn, Chris is being now out for the year with that knee injury. What say you? What's worth talking about here out in Nickland, Mr. Allen Dells, we start to move forward into the All-Star break and the rest of the NBA season here in 2017-18?
1: Yeah, we talk about Hornacek's House of Horrors. That's what the Knicks are, are right now. Jeff Hornacek, the coach, the worst coach in the NBA. He, he, he still, I still blame him for almost everything because of this poor evaluation of players, poor rotation of players. Uh, but the Knicks are an absolute mess right now. They're overloaded with guards, point guards. Uh, I don't know what J- Jared Jack, uh, no offense personally, but he, he's 34 years old. He shoots less than 30% from threes, and he
0: shouldn't have been playing. He
1: shouldn't have been playing all those minutes that he was.
0: But why is he in the rotation for that? Well,
1: I, 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 I agree with you there. I, I mean, I, I don't know. He, nobody ever guarded him on the three because he couldn't hit. And let me ask you, fan, if there's Knicks fans out there, did you ever think t- – Be honest, did you ever think that Jared Jack was trying to freeze out Porzingis? Because I saw many times when Jack had the ball and Porzingis was wide open, top of the key or the wing, and he wouldn't pass the ball to him. I saw it and went through my, my mind. I can't help it. So.
0: Knicks with an eight-point loss here tonight, Sunday night, to the Indiana Pacers. Pacers move to 32-25 and 25 on the season. Knicks fall to 23-34. and 34. Looking like that eight seed is is now officially no, best, out of reach the for the Knicks. The best thing huh? for
1: the Knicks is to lose and get that lottery pick. Get that top three. That's what they need to do. All right. And they're not going to have any problem losing because they, they look dead out there.
0: I well, they, the, the, they should
1: start playing the, the big guy. Uh, they
0: have. Oh, you talk about the um, your boy Luke. from Vanderbilt, yeah. huh? I mean, overall, Luke Cornett. I mean, what's he really going to do for that team? Uh, overall, I mean, didn't score in tonight's game. Well, that, only thirteen minutes. Yeah, the I mean, rotation's completely out of whack. I agree. Had, I agree with you on he, Jeff Hornacek there. He had
1: eleven points the other night. He played, I think, twenty minutes. and He hit three threes play him what have you got to lose why, why are you playing Kyle O'Quinn I, I, why, why are you playing Lance Thomas hey, he, right. he's not part of the future for the next. well
0: it, it might make you happy that Jared Jack only got eight minutes oh, tonight that's good
1: that's all he deserves two point pro- two
0: points eight minutes how about Moody? maybe a little uh shining light right there positivity for you Knicks fans out there 14 points but 10 assists overall And
1: that, that had some nice moves uh
0: Athletic guy, you know, call you know, and,
1: and, and the, and the struggle and they think about Mila He's 19 years old He's a kid. He should be playing college and I, I question whether he'd be starting for any of the really big-time college programs Would he start at Duke? Would he start at North Carolina? I don't think so, but maybe you can't give up on him right now He's just a kid. He's big. He can play defense.
0: Any of these guys? Do the Knicks have any trade chips going into this summer? I mean, Why are they, they going to make any moves to improve the team while Porzingis rehabs his name? They don't
1: have. They want to get rid of Courtney Lee reportedly, and Kyle O'Quinn, and nobody wanted him, or they didn't get. They didn't get offered what they were wanting to give.
0: Uh, Is Anis Canner a guy you can move? I mean, he yeah. had 17 points and 11 rebounds tonight. I mean, he, he's a guy who can score points as a yeah. big. You know, in this league, he's pre- proved that before with the Oklahoma City Thunder as well. But. I mean, you know, the log jam at guards, Courtney Lee, you know, I mean, he's got 21 minutes tonight. I don't know if Courtney Lee, I mean, he's definitely not the answer, let's just say that. I don't even know if he should be a starter no. on that team. Cor- Cor- Energy Cor- guy Cor- off the bench at best, maybe, for Cor- him. Courtney
1: Lee's a role play. He's a good guy coming off the bench. He can shoot threes. But what he what he did this season, there were games where you thought he, he, thought he was Allen Iverson. He would be driving through three, four guys. There were people wide open. And he, and he wouldn't pass the ball. I mean, I, I blame that all on second.
0: Well, Nillikina got the most minutes tonight out of the Knicks players. Well, 31 you, minutes he, tonight. So. you got
1: to give it to him. The season's going down in two, and he needs to play. And I play Cornette more. I have to give him at least 20 minutes a game. Why is Lance Thomas... I don't know how many minutes he got tonight. He was out there for
0: a while. Yeah, Lance Thomas only 14 minutes. Trey Burke's minutes falling off already. Yeah, just yeah. getting moved up from the G League, only eight minutes. So it looks like Jack and Burke might be finding their way out of the rotation. Yeah, there, Burke. New York.
1: That's not going to make Burke very happy. Apparently, that Knicks brass have told toned horns. Like you play Mudiay and you play Neil, Neil Aquina, and it makes sense because they're not going anywhere. Give me
0: one final positive thought we can take in here, wrapping up this next segment, Mister Roundell.
1: Maybe Mudiay can do something. And and and. and Cornisex days are numbered. He will be getting the axe.
0: Cornisex, house of horrors. You heard it here first, Sports World, from the guy.